guess what? What, Stuart? I tried this. And it worked? It worked! <laughs> Welcome to I Tried This, It Worked, the place for curious ADHDers. This is an upbeat, optimistic conversation about how we can live life with more ease. Pull up a chair. Come and join us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. The conversation you're about to hear is all about blurting, that habit of saying perhaps inappropriate things at inappropriate moments. We know everybody blurts from time to time, but it, it can be an occupational hazard for people with ADHD. Yes, we, we can be lightning fast thinkers and lightning fast speakers. When we recorded our conversation, Stuart, I was really uh, taken back um, by your openness about how much blurting has affected you through your life. Blurting is something we really just don't talk about. We unfortunately find out the hard way if we blurt it because it's too late to pull it back. So I thought it was important to share a bit of my personal story, my experience. It's all true and difficult to share at the same time, but important for us to put on the table and have a chat about. Without further ado, here's our conversation about blurting. So the dictionary definition of blurting is to say something suddenly without careful consideration. I'd take gold if blurting was an Olympic sport. <laughs> oh, we are going to have to explain that, Stuart. I was the best. I was the champion at blurting. It, it was just something I did quite regularly because when something was coming up and I felt I needed to say something, I couldn't stop myself. Is this in the past or do you still blurt now? Yes and yes. How, how's that? So the majority of my blurting shame, blurting regret, blurting challenge was in the past, gratefully. However, blurting is still something, it's a journey. It's an ongoing journey to, I like to say, to control the blurt. So has blurting caused you lots of problems in the past? Really has. I like to say there are, there had been relational consequences. When I say relational, that, that's personal and professional, right? So, so I put them in two categories, uh, the career crushers, right? The career crushing blurt, uh, sitting in the conference room and feeling the need, the desire, the urge to immediately say something when it wasn't necessarily my place or space. And then, of course, when it comes to personal, I, I call it the relationship wrecker, whether it's friends or family, just feeling the extraordinary buildup of, uh, I need to say this, either you're talking too slow or you're repeating yourself or I have a better idea, something like that. And yeah, it, it always had bad consequences. Yeah, I can hear that. Why we're talking about blurting today is Mainly because, although everybody out there blurts at some point or other, it is a particular trait related to people having ADHD, I guess. Um, what do you understand as blurting, Stuart? I didn't know what I didn't know back then, you know, up until I was clinically diagnosed and I could put the pieces together and realizing that blurting was a presentation of my ADHD. Could I really 
do some more work on it because I already knew it was a little bit of a problem losing jobs and losing friends. So if we really look at the definition of ADHD, and this is from Attitude Magazine, there are three types of ADHD. Of course, one is primarily inattentive type. The second is primarily hyperactive impulse type. And the third is combined. So if we look at number two, it's a primarily hyperactive impulse type, which is people with hyperactive ADHD often fidget squirm and struggle to stay seated. And here's, here's the kicker. They appear to act as if driven by a motor and often talk and or run around excessively, interrupt others, blurt out answers, and struggle with self-control. So it's actually part of the, the clinical diagnosis. And as I continue to, to do the, the research on this topic, which was really fascinating to read so much of, about. I found an article in Attitude Magazine, September 2021, by Ari Tuckman. It's entitled, When ADHD Impulsivity Jeopardizes Your Job and Friendships. And he actually offers eight expert tips. But I'd like to read you a quote from the article. Impulsivity can make it easy for others to get the wrong idea about who you are. Impulsivity is one of the core symptoms of ADHD. It's essentially leaping without looking, acting or speaking without pausing to think about what will happen next. I, I really think he sums it up beautifully there. And it, something that I like to say as it referred to my career is, quote, loose lips sink ships. And I tell you, it can really make us feel broken when we realize what just fell out of, I'm going to say, my mouth might have been inappropriate or hurtful. I'm sure there'll be lots of people uh, listening who really identify with the problems of blurting. I guess there'll be people out there now cringing at a memory of something they've said, either at the wrong time or in the wrong circumstances. Um, that has led to consequences that they weren't expecting. And yet we're seemingly driven to sometimes blurt out things which make perfect sense to us, but which may be misplaced in terms of how they are received, I imagine. Can you think of any particular examples, Stuart, where you've come a cropper because of your blurting? What comes to mind first is uh, being in the conference room setting. And this, of course, we're talking about career and job and work, which is trying so desperately to bite my tongue, sit in my hands, take the high road and not say what I really want to say, which would be to express my opinion, to express the vision I have. See, one of the wonderful benefits I have of ADHD is I'm a visual thinker. I can... I like to say I have really good intuition too, and I could think ahead and and sort of I, I knew, right, wrong, or indifferent, that that was not a good idea or that was wrong or whatever it was. And yeah, the conference room scenarios really come back to haunt me. And also with friendships too. There's one situation I remember back in college, believe it or not, that still haunts me. I lost a friend. I lost a friend because I was quick to comment, quick to judge, never gave her a time to explain, and I made an assumption, and it was game over. She never accepted my apology, and that always stayed with me. It's not even just the consequences of the outside world and how we interact with it. These moments, they can stay with us mentally. Indeed. 
Our memories may not be that great. However, if it's a profound moment in our lives, good or bad, we do remember that. I personally will tend to relive that moment and I try to pull it back, but it's it's out. It fell out. I'd like to share some fun other words and expressions that I that I have that I found in my research on blurting and some that I made up too. Because it's a serious subject, but I think right we, we want to have some fun as we talk about it too, so that we don't get too hard on ourselves. Words like spout, blab, blabber, or here we go, irrational vitriol, inappropriate witticism, which I, I have oftentimes, unfortunately. Unedited remarks, regrettable comment, abrupt utterance, foot-in-mouth syndrome, <laughs> which I like. And th- the last one is one I made up. It's, it's my, if, if there were a Latin expression for blurting, it would be blurtus interruptus. Oh, speak for yourself, Stuart. <laughs> my goodness. Um, blurtness um, can often be the interruption of someone else speaking. There's one aspect of that, that actually feeling like you need to say something or you'll forget it, I think is is one cause of the blurt. ADHDers often have very fast thinking brains. Our ideas are already formed before another person can finish what they are saying. Or you may already feel that you know the answer. But sometimes it's really important to remember what that feels like on the other side to the person who's trying to say something when they have maybe this fast thinking ADHD who comes in and stops them mid-sentence. I would be really annoyed if that happened all the time to me, if I was the person being interrupted. I agree. And until we really understand and forgive ourselves, give, us a, give ourselves a bit of grace that our wiring uh, can cause us to blurt and we understand why. And the whole idea naturally is to be aware and to control it. But there is a blurt spectrum. I, <laughs> I think if we looked at a, a person who is an excessive blurter or a serial blurter, uh, it could be at that far end of the spectrum, it could be to pontificate, right? Or to bloviate. Uh, th- those are those are great words. I didn't know the word bloviate till I knew the word bloviate, and now I know. Sometimes I tended to do that past tense because I'm aware of it. Bloviate is when you talk at length, especially in an inflated or empty way, which you say a lot about nothing, or pontificate, which is similar to express one's opinions in a way considered annoyingly pompous and dogmatic. And I'm the first one to admit I have done that as well. Past tense. <laughs> I like the way you introduced the idea of the past tense. I would be interesting to know, like on a, uh, just to take a poll of this, but I wonder whether the ability to control the blurt improves as we get older, as we have more experience of negative consequences of blurting. You know, you only need to lose a job through blurting at the inopportune moments to suddenly get a very acute awareness of the reality and consequences sometimes of blurting. There is an idea, I guess, that we also, as we get older, learn how to, for want of a better word, play the game a little bit better. We begin to understand potentially 
the ways that blurting can really affect our futures and whether that's in the work or the relationship field. And, and we're all talking kind of quite negatively here, but I know we were discussing earlier that there are actually sometimes when blurting can be good. Here is an example of how blurting can be helpful, can be constructive. It was really an icebreaker for me. I was shy. And until I realized that I could approach people and talk and have conversations, to me, blurting the positive part could be as a conversation starter. I really enjoy that. And of course, they are positive blurts. And then <laughs> I think I'm funny when I'm on fire, when the dopamine is flowing. Every time we come across something, Stuart, I think there's some challenges, but there's always ways to look at how we can utilize whatever challenge we like to see as something we can use positively. My ability to control blurting or interrupting has greatly improved as I've got older. Um, and it may mean that I am internally having to talk to myself to make sure that I don't do it, or that physically I might be doing something to make sure that I am allowing the space for other people to talk, even if I know what I want to say. And often I will be writing things down because for me, often it's a memory case that if I don't get it out, I forget it. And so there's all these little strategies that you can employ. And I was wondering, Stuart, what is the thing that has helped you most in your attempt to stop blurting? The one thing that I feel has been the most profound for me in terms of frequency of practice, and it always works, is actually something physical. I will quite literally put my finger or hand to my mouth. And the way I position that is that it, it appears to the person I'm speaking with that I'm keenly intent and focused and listening, but really I'm keeping my, my lips together. I'm, I'm making sure to remind myself to keep my mouth shut, not to let anything just fall out. It's very effective. It really works. It's a simple strategy that anybody can employ, which is great. One of my major breakthroughs into how to control blurting or interrupting was as part of my job, having to listen to hours of me in conversation with other people. And there's something very powerful about listening to yourself through a recording to really understand the effect blurting or interrupting can have on a conversation, on a dialogue. And I would really recommend that people may try that to actually really listen. And it's, it's, sometimes it's really hard to do. And often none of us want to listen back to our own recordings of ourselves, um, <laughs> which is strange considering we're offering a podcast here of us doing exactly that. But it can be really illuminating. You came up with something the other day I thought was fantastic. I think you called it the blurt assessment. I did. This is the blurt assessment. And the whole idea here is how can we preempt the blurt? right? And it's, it's the next step after awareness, which is, okay, let's see, how can I improve? How can I uh, have a journey towards less blurting? And it's a series of questions that one would ask themselves, like, when do I tend to blurt more? Or who am I with when I tend to blurt more? 
Number three is which subjects tend to make me blurt more. There could be specific subject matters, right, that that we feel very uh, emotional about and we tend to want to express ourselves. Number four could be where am I when I tend to blurt more? Number five, what do I tend to blurt more? This this could be the pivotal question right here to really have some self-introspection. What do I tend to blurt more? Is it critiques or complaints? Answers to questions? The better idea, of course, that I think is better. Or I just don't have patience. I don't have patience and therefore I have to interrupt because I can't hear somebody droning on and on, in our opinion. The blurt assessment, I think, could be very helpful to understand when, how, why we blurt. What it does do is it raises our awareness of our blurting. And I think anything to raise awareness of the moments when we do these things gives us the opportunity to put something in place. Those few microseconds before we blurt something kind of almost like volcanic pressure, I think, that suddenly erupts without any control. There's another image where we give ourselves a bit of time before the blurt. Can we capture ourselves? Can we capture that feeling and do something about it? That's right. And it comes down to the impulsivity, right, which could really transcend our lives in so many other ways. And one way, of course, is blurting. And it, like you said, it's awareness and it's, okay, what can I do? How can I redirect from that moment? When I feel that volcano ready to explode, a blurt coming on, what can I do? Because we have choices and it would be grand and great if we could deconstruct that habit and reconstruct something new. So I would like to end this podcast, Stuart, with asking you, what is the one thing that's really helped your blurting? that you could offer to everybody out there as a strategy for dealing with the blurt? I love to flip perspectives. We've been talking so much about blurting, which could be more or less negative in our careers and in our home life, personally, professionally. So I have developed something called the anti-blurt. <laughs> the anti-blurt is really quite simple. It's one word. And instead of a negative word, a word that could be taken as something that's uh, critical or a criticism or a complaint or an idea uh, or just showing that we have no patience, it's really a positive word like beautiful, excellent, wonderful, love it. And I'm going to share with you my secret anti-blurt word. Fascinating. So if you see me cover my mouth with my finger, that means, of course, there's something I probably want to say and I'm controlling myself because I want to show you respect to allow you. I want to give you that gift to speak. I want to listen. And if I say the word fascinating, I want to make you feel special and beautiful and heard. You heard it here, everybody. In future podcasts, <laughs> if you hear Stuart say the word fascinating, he's desperately trying not to talk <laughs> over me. So just watch out for that. Indeed. Well, listening back to that, Stuart, um, how did you feel about sharing your experiences of blurting? It was fun. I mean, I laughed. However, at the same time, it reminded me of how serious it is and that it did get me into trouble. I'm really glad I went there. It was personal. 
And I do hope this resonates with some of you who have never really given it consideration, especially if it's cost you relationships or jobs. And talking of that, at I Tried This It Worked, we really like to provide a bit of sort of post-match analysis and list the things in the podcast that people have tried and that have worked. I'm certainly taking away a couple of things from our conversation, the things, Stuart, that you have used to help you with your blurting. One of the things that really jumped out at me, and please jump in, Stuart, if I've got this wrong, is that you use the anti-blurt. I just love that phrase. Uh, is that you have a positive word, a kind of a reflex word that you used to say in case you're about to say something you regret. That's right. It is. It's my safe word and it helps me push pause before I go too far. I love that. Um, And the other thing which really has clearly stayed in my mind is that you put your finger to your lips to remind yourself at the points when you should be listening rather than talking which I just think is a wonderfully simple idea to take away and to leave everyone with at the end of this podcast. Thanks for listening. And please let us know what you've tried that's worked. I Tried This It Worked is created by Emma Aylett and Stuart Cohen. We're curious. What's worked for you? We would love you to join in on the conversation. Find out how you can by visiting itriedthisitworked.com. Thank you.